Are we live? We are live. Let me just do this one little thing here. This might scare you. There we go. That's much better. Just want to make sure as I jump on for this transmission, I wanted to make sure everything was decent. Um, welcome to another Trigger Proof transmission. We're talking about boundaries. Why? Why we suck at boundaries. Why boundaries are so difficult. Before I begin, I want you to just take a moment, take an inventory about yourself and ask yourself what your, what your experience has been like with boundaries. How good are you with boundaries? In fact, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do a little, little kind of a quiz. So you're going to want to take a pen for this one in this transmission, uh, my aim is to give you a little bit more self-awareness. My job here is self-awareness, is to awaken you. I believe that social media is used a lot to numb ourselves from our feelings. But this uh, community, what we're doing here is the exact opposite. My goal here in this trigger-proof community and in our YouTube, if you're watching um, on replay on my YouTube channel, um, my intention is to awaken you to what you might be unconscious about. Um, because Carl Jung said, until we make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you'll call it fate. You'll be like, oh, why do I keep dating the same person? Why are all men narcissists? Why are all, you know, why is everybody around me a narcissist? I keep attracting the same type of losers. My partner is a jerk. And so we live in this world that's obsessed with the external world and we obsessed with externals, external validation. We are like little children stuck in adult bodies looking for mommy and daddy to rescue us from our, our wounds, our hurts, our sense of loneliness, our sense of insignificance. And there, uh, I want to really start this conversation about boundaries off under the context that this is a really great place to begin where we can all kind of level the playing field. Because a lot of times in these conversations, especially now our, our group is almost approaching 7,000 people, which means many people who aren't familiar with this level of trauma work and nervous system regulation work and uh, secure attachment type of work, we all have trauma from our past that is interpersonal. Mom and dad, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, boss, friends at school. Throughout our lives, we've had attachment and loss. Attachment and loss. <clears throat> Beginning with the primary attachment wound, which was when we're born, one that J uh, uh, Dr. James Hollis, Jungian psychologist, says that it's a wound that we never really fully recover from. So he says life is a series of attachment and losses, attachment and losses, beginning with the primary wound when you're born and you, you're in this comfortable little area in your, <coughs> in your mother's uterus, in, in the placenta, Boom, that's our first trauma is being detached from that kind of safe little world, hopefully safe, not, not for everybody. So 
this conversation, this community, if you're brand new, I want to welcome you. We only talk about one, we only are concerned about one thing, about healing. Because there are many groups out there, support groups and everything, talking about anxiety, narc abuse, da-da-da-da-da, and they're all just talking about the illness. <clears throat> There's, you know, whether support groups, all we're talking about is addiction, problem, illness, diagnosis, and as a chiropractor for the last 20 years, I started noticing that the way to healing, the path to healing is to begin a whole new conversation, not about the disease and the disorder and the labeling and the diagnosing and the testing and just with the lens of just the illness or the person out there. That doesn't result in healing. And so about six, seven years, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I started doing these workshops in my, in my office because I noticed that patients were not getting better. Some were, um, but others, there was a type of person who wasn't getting better. And I started noticing these patterns. So I, cr I realized it was people who didn't know what to do about the stress hormones in their body. They didn't know how to respond to the stress chemicals. And so I created a, a workshop called Life Skills for a Stressful World. And if I can fast forward 10 years, uh, lots of stuff happened in the middle, a divorce in my life, several failed relationships, uh, the realization that I didn't really want to be talking to people at the level of their illness anymore and their problem and their victimhood. I just didn't really want to talk in that level and talk about how miserable their lives are and poor me and poor me and poor me and focus on the pain and the symptom and da 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 da, da. And I, I wanted to go upstream to the root cause. And I discovered a huge discovery that had me go, well, first I had to get my own act together. I had to realize, well, as I'm learning about healing, because I wanted to be effective in healing, I myself was having relationships that just weren't working. I started to look around and I realized the only people that wanted to be by my side around me were people that I was paying. <laughs> and all of my relationships were transactional. And I was falling into the same category, the narcissist codependent cycle, I being the narcissist in, in those situations. Very humbling realization when I saw that. It was like, ooh, ooh, that was the first thing. Oh my gosh, what the hell? Like, how did I get here? I got to get my act together. And so when people reach out to me, realizing that they've hit a place in their lives, in their relationships, and it sucks... Most people, I'd say 90%, just want to complain about their partners and why won't they, why don't they see, why don't they know that they're hurting me? And I, I'm not minimizing that. The people who I know are actually ready are the ones that are like, I want to get my act together. I realize shitty things have happened. It's on me. I'm done playing the victim. I'm like, okay, good. Those are the people. And I can appreciate if that might not be you. That's... You're in good company. Most people say they want change, but very few are willing to do what it takes. So the people in our community uh, that uh, I now have left chiropractic and I now lead a global community of cycle breakers, people who are done playing the victim, people who want to take responsibility, people who are now looking at the world through a lens of the nervous system. Because when you look at the lens of the nervous system, uh, which I'm about to show you, 
when it, ta when it, it pertaining to boundaries so that you can really see how important this is and how it fits into your life. When you take on the lens of the nervous system, you realize that it's not your fault. Nobody's blaming you. It's not anybody's fault. We are all at the same effects of intergenerational trauma. In fact, once you realize this stuff, you see how we're all the same. Whatever your race, whatever your uh, gender that you identify with, whatever, <laughs> wherever you are, our experiences are different, but I'm going to talk to you about boundaries. And you start to realize, oh my gosh, 100% of people who are coming in to see me, whether it's a digestive issue, chronic pain, relationships that not working, feeling stuck in their lives, feeling like lost souls dissociated from the body. Who am I? I don't know who I am. Chronic pleasing. I just don't have any boundaries. I don't know how to say no. I'm paralyzed about what other people think of me. Uh, I constantly want a, a relationship, like a, a, uh, anxious attached, constantly wondering, are they going to leave me? Are they about to leave me? They're going to find somebody else. I, I, I'm just anxious when, when I'm in this relationship. Or you're like, I want to be in this relationship, but it just gets a little much and I just want to get the fuck away. It's like, ah, that's then you're kind of like the avoidant. That was me. And so I had to realize I had to get my act together. And when I got my act together, I stopped, I put, turned off all the external distractions and excuses. P please write that down. You're, <laughs> I, you're going, your biggest obstacle to healing is going to be all of your old stories and distractions of the external world. Can't do it. Don't have the time. I'm really busy. I'm a single mom. Uh, I have a busy schedule. <clears throat> it's all about the kids. Yes, yes, yes. The very reason what's stopping us from healing our inner world is the very, <clears throat> let me say that again, the very thing that's, the very thing that is stopping you from healing is the very reason uh, why you must do the work. <laughs> I don't have the time. Well, that's, there is a huge, there is a huge, um, uh, what example can I give you in this? Um, I don't have the time for myself. I can't heal. Well, the reason why you don't have the time for yourself is because you don't feel like you deserve the time for yourself. And the reason why you feel like you don't deserve the time for yourself is because of your childhood attachment traumas. So your childhood attachment traumas that have caused you feel undeserving and putting you into the role of the rescuer and putting everybody else time investment on others and not yourself is the very reason why you need to actually create the time. So be prepared to understand that the very obstacle that you have in this whole dynamic is the exact reason why you must. But I don't have any money. Lack of money comes from lack of deserving. Okay? There is investments that you make on things that are very important to you. If you, your health, your development is not very important to you, there's a good reason why. is because you feel like you don't deserve. It's very common. We see it all the time. It's because you feel like <clears throat> you don't deserve. There will be guilt, right? And where does that come from? 
the attachment trauma, which begs the question, this is exactly, it's, it's begging the question. It's, it's the exact reason why you don't deserve. So here's an attachment trauma, causes you to feel like you don't deserve, which then set, gives you all of these excuses and you put everything else above you, then becomes the reason why you don't deserve and you can't do it, right? So this has everything to do with boundaries as well. So is this making sense? Is this making sense to you? Let me know where you're, you know, if something resonates with you, I appreciate that. Hey, Deb, good morning. Sarah, it's true, yes. Um, please write down this resonates or if you have a question because I really want to go into this concept of boundaries. So why do we suck at boundaries so much? Well, here's why. Essentially, when we're born, we are extremely um, dependent on our caregivers. And because our caregivers didn't do their inner healing work, especially if you've gone through war, uh, their, their wars, think of, I mean, I want you to think about this, the wars that they've gone through, the uh, abuse, the neglect from their parents, the uh, societal pressures, maybe there was communism, maybe there was religious fundamentalism, like literally they're born into persecution and oppression. Most of the time, our ancestors, especially, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're African-American, you have slavery. Like, what I'm trying to say is, is that oppression, oppression is something that is felt in the body. It's, it's, this, it's, it's kind of like a, a prison. You know, if you've ever felt oppression in your life or our ancestors or you, you know, my, my family, we left... Iran because of religious persecution, right? We left Iran because of religious persecution. So what was that is because of oppression. So in other words, the reason why I'm telling you this is that oppression is deep within our body. It's not something, it's not something that you think about once in a while. It's actually, it's in your body and, it, and your behavior is, it runs according to that. And let me give you an example of a boundary, for example. If you were born in communism, which had specific rules in Stalin's time, okay? If you had any interests or ideas, ideolo or, or ideas that were outside of the rules of the dictatorship, then you were punished. There was a consequence. So boundaries are something that are developed as a child. As a child, even with our parents, our caregivers, our relationship and our attachments in, in childhood, um, it in childhood, our attachments within childhood are all where our boundaries come from. And here's why we suck at them. So let me give you an example. A child um, experiences their boundaries with mom, for example, a couple, couple weeks ago. Um, uh, Dominic bit Diane. He's got a couple of little teeth. While he's breastfeeding, kind of half asleep, he literally bit her nipple to the point where it started bleeding. I mean, if you're a mom, you know exactly what that what that feels like. I don't know what it feels like, but the thought of it scares the absolute fuck out of me. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and so 
all of a sudden her reaction and what mom says at that moment is mom giving boundaries. So, you know, when Dominic is, is exercising his healthy aggression, he'll grab my chest hair and he'll pull. And my reaction to his behavior and me setting his boundaries, he does, his nervous system gets information from that. If I all of a sudden turn and hit him, he then realizes, oh, about violating this boundary has a painful consequence and shameful consequence. So oftentimes what happens is shame, uh, we experience shame. Let me just, shame is what creates a lack of boundaries. I had some notes here I wanted to look at. So what ends up happening is Dominic is setting boundaries a lot. If I, I oftentimes I grab him and I start, you've seen my videos, I'll grab him and I'll start to, I'll bite him, I'll kiss him. Like I'm, I'm really affectionate with him. I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm an animal. <laughs> I grab him and I'm like, I can't, you know, you've experienced that with a kid. I grab him and I'm like, and so I see him liking it, but then I see him going like this and he's pushing me away. What he's doing is he's, he's saying, Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> this is my boundary. This is a space and, you know, physical boundary of mine, right? Now, my response to him will very much be registered in his nervous system. And if I shame him for it, I blame him for it, and I make him wrong for doing that, what happens? Shame becomes internalized, right? And all of a sudden, if I shame him when you got, when you were a child and you set a boundary and you said no, or you wanted space and you wanted time, what was the experience that you received from mom and dad? Take a moment and, and just write it in the comment section. I'd love to see it. You know, I'm, I'm following along with you. Take a moment and really ask yourself that question. When you set a boundary, when you said no, when you shared what your preferences are, what your values are, what your ideas are, what your uh, principles are, what your likes, your dislikes, your preferences, you're expressing your truth. In those moments, your parents and their, based on their connection to their truth, their fears, their anxieties, their ability to emotionally attune to themselves will then react harshly or um, in, an, in a validating way, right? And so if you didn't have the experience where your, where your boundaries were validated, boundaries of touch, you know, it's kind of like when you go and hug a child, when you go hug a child, you know, you say, hell, go give uncle so-and-so a hug, right? And the kid's like, no, and you go, go give uncle so-and-so a fucking hug. Do it now, go hug. And then you're like, okay. And so you're this little five-year-old and then you go hug the uncle when you were forced and shamed to doing it. What message does that give your nervous system? Does the child inside of you say, wow, my parents, because they don't understand boundaries and they're very much enmeshed in the public, they're very much um, reliant on 
external validation because of a lack of their own validation and unhealed tra trauma wounds. They're now downloading it onto me. It's not about me. I totally can empathize with them. No, that's not what your little younger self says. You then internalize the shame and you say, well, there must be something wrong with me. And you then learn and condition yourself to betray yourself in order to feel love, in order to feel like you belong. And thereby, your boundaries or definitions of who you are start to become blurred. And you learn how to, and it is cultural, absolutely. Um, in my culture, in our culture, Sarah, in Persian culture, we have conditioned, programmed intergenerational trauma in the form of this thing called taruf, right? Taruf is, there's no better way to explain it. There's no, you can even look it up, T-A-R-O-F, if you can try to spell it. There's not, there's not a really great way to um, explain it. It's, it's a cultural norm that Persians have where it's like, no, we, we, it's to promote kindness because kindness and, and martyrdom is really praised in our culture. So essentially, if you don't have anything of, you, you have very little, you're supposed to just give it to somebody that, you know, just offer it. It's, it's an offering. It's a self, it's a self abandoning offering of time, space, whatever, uh, for the purpose of looking good, for the purpose of cultural norms, right? That's called tarof. You know, I'm I'm starving. I'm dying of hunger. You offer me food, and then I say, no, 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 thank you, no, thank you. Even though my impulses, my internal world is saying, yes, I I I would love that, right? You're supposed to say no. Like, I remember going to um, being a kid and um going to guests houses and there was like food there and they would ask me hey nima are you hungry would you like some and then i would say yes and then my mom would say no 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 don't don't say yes no 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 it's okay he doesn't want any he doesn't want any do you see what i'm saying i i just want you to really get how subtle how subtle this is and it's very subtle it doesn't seem traumatic does it like, I'm not saying, like, that's abuse. Please understand, I'm not saying that's abuse. But what I'm saying is, what does that, what message does that give to the nervous system of a child, of me? It's like, oh, my desires aren't valid. What I desire is shameful. It's not uh, acceptable according to the norm. Now, my mother was doing it because, not because she's a bad mom, not at all. This is cult this is just a norm. This is just something we don't question. Right? <laughs> yeah, Sarah, you're 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 doing it. You're learning it, right? Right? So looking good is important for everybody. It's always that way. And so what happens is <coughs> excuse me, we we then grow up, especially Persians. Whenever I meet Persians, I know I'm like, fuck, I know. Like Everybody's dealing with the same thing. So what ends up happening is we then have a, a, an inner world that we then are accustomed to abandoning where the, the, the lines, the boundaries or the definitions between my inner world and my external world get blurred. And so now I don't have me and I can't have the world and have me at the same time. I can't have this relationship and me at the same time. It's not safe. 
because I have been conditioned to abandon myself, to say yes when I mean no, to say no when I mean yes, so that the external world so that the external world can validate me, so that I can belong. This is why we suck at boundaries. And we don't and they're very subtle. They can be very subtle to overt, overtly massive, right? It could also go in into the into the uh, it could kind of infiltrate your nervous system when you are, let's say, five years old and you really like you're a five you're a five year old girl. This is one of the clients that we're working with. Five year old girl, she absolutely adores her uncle, but then her uncle starts to physically molest her. Now this is a very confusing time, right? And then he says, "Don't tell anyone." You know, if you keep this a secret and then the five-year-old inside then says, oh my gosh, I have this desire to connect. I love my uncle. I want the connection. I don't want to be abandoned, right? I don't want to be abandoned. I want the connection. Uh, but then in order to have that connection, I must keep my mouth shut and just not assess any boundaries because if I were to say no then what's going to happen? Then I'm not going to be loved. I'm going to get in trouble. There will be a consequence. There will be a consequence. So then what happens to that five-year-old girl when she turns 15, 16, and there's a boy that she really likes, and he starts to touch her, but she's not sure. She's not sure how she feels. All of a sudden, her nervous system goes into a freeze response, she doesn't know how to communicate because her body, like her, she's now checked out just like she did when she was five and now gets into these relationships where, you know, doesn't know who she is, is going along with it and repeatedly boundaries are violated and we don't know how to say no. And so what happens is we keep going through pain after pain after pain after pain and finally we get to a place where the pain of not not choosing ourselves becomes too much to bear the pain of say the pain of not the pain of betraying myself is now over it, it is now way beyond the pleasure of belonging let me say that again the pain Eventually, this happens to all of us, so this isn't unique to you. This is not What's personal to you is un universal to all of us. Where the pain of saying, not saying no, the pain of not assessing a boundary becomes too much to bear, then the side benefits, kind of um, the payoffs that we're getting, which is connection. At one and so what are the, what are the usual kind of signs and symptoms that show up okay I'm gonna sh I'm gonna share with you some signs and symptoms where the p the constant ple the pain of self-abandonment constant self-abandonment constant self-abandonment is too much to bear for the pleasure of belonging what happens well people in their 30s and 40s start to develop chronic pains thyroid issue thyroid issue look at that 
not speaking up. This is a child. This goes back and then when we're working with our clients, people with thyroid issues, dates back to a younger self that didn't feel safe to speak up. So they had their boundaries, they, the boundary violation in speech. That's why we have thyroid. It's this, this energy, this ball of energy. How would you feel if you had something to say for 30 years, but you didn't say it because you didn't want to, you know, you wanted to toe the family line. You had a family secret that you couldn't tell anyone because it was too shameful. Where does that go? It, it's a fucking lump in your throat. That's energy. That suppressed energy, I'm, I'm here to tell you, it doesn't go away. If you don't learn, which you, of course you didn't learn how to face them, feel them, allow them, express them. Because Why? Well, because you didn't have primary caregivers that really understood how to attune to your needs in a safe manner, you know? Instead of saying, you know, what will happen is a boundary of theirs is violated. And instead of um, saying, you know, um, let me give you an example. <clears throat> uh, healthy shame. Okay, let's not cross. Like Dominic is starts hitting, hitting our dogs, right? It's like, ah, starts pulling on their hair. You can see this happening, right? You know, it's like, hey, let's not pull... You know, let's not pull the hair. You're going to hurt. You're going to hurt her. Right. Well, he's eight months. He does. He doesn't understand. But the energy is the same. You know what I mean? It, I don't have to say it. My body language will say it if I say, hey, let's not hurt. Let's not hurt Georgia. Let's pet her nice. See that energy? When I give him versus what are you doing? You're bad. Right. Bad boy. Bad boy. Right. We do this with pets. You know, we they, they have <laughs> we basically oppress them to obey us, which is you know there, it's a, it's a form of lo you can do it lovingly with, with animals, but with children it's a little bit different. They're not our pets. <laughs> there are feelings. There's we're senti human beings. We are sentient beings, right? Human beings. We're we're our, our sentient beings, right? So. The way that we do it is by joining and leading. And we talk about this, Sarah, consistently in our group trainings. We literally consistently talk about this in our, in our programs. We, this is something that's an ongoing process to learn. In other words, it's not like you can take a course and then have it all figured out because boundaries are flexible. They're changing consistently. And as you grow, new boundary violations start to become aware. It, it's, it's really about learning how to get into your body and understand what they are, right? Okay, so um, why are you being a bad, why are you being a bad boy hurting, hurting Georgia, right? Versus, you know, let's not hurt Georgia, let's be nice, right? There's different ways because shame, shame is the weapon of intergenerational trauma of of violating boundaries we use shame and we use guilt the reason why we suck at boundaries is because we have shame toxic shame in our bodies in other words for me to speak my boundary i will have to deal the consequences of shame so i now have been conditioned to look good to put on a face to put on an external kind of public image so that I have approval because deep down inside I'm a wounded child 
and I don't love myself and I'm looking for mommy and daddy who weren't able to give me that attunement, who weren't able to validate me, who were parenting me from their own egos. I became, you know, their tool of looking good. I had to look good, right? It was really all about looking good. So it wasn't about me. It was about looking good. And this every single Persian I know of, most, uh, unless, unless the parent has done some shadow work, will parent this way. The kid becomes the extension of the ego, right? The kid becomes the extension of the ego and um, it's kind of like you become this defective doll that, you know, either you're, you make your parents proud and fulfill your purpose in life, which is to validate their ego, or you go your own way, set your own boundaries, you go your own way, set your own boundaries, and all of a sudden, you don't know who you are. <laughs> Sorry, because you get excluded. All of a sudden, you set your own boundaries, and then you get excluded. Sorry, I just got a little distracted there with, um, with that. So why you suck at boundaries? What you really need to know is that the reason why... <clears throat> we suck at boundaries is because of this thing called enmeshment trauma is that we are born completely dependent on our caregivers who most of the time are at the at the effect of their intergenerational trauma doing the very best they can to try to have us fit into their box of this idealism and if they don't immediately it causes them to, to get triggered and feel like a failure so what we'll do is the parent will project all of them onto the kid, right? All of our all of my childhood woundings that are unresolved are going to be downloaded onto Dominic. It's very, very, very subtle too. I even noticed it last week. Um, he was just being really challenging and he was being really like, he couldn't play on his own. He needed to come be with me and I had other things to do. And I had this thought, I was like, God, he's so in the way. Ah, he's in the way of my career. He's in the way of my, my work. I want to write this book. He's in the way of that. <clears throat> and I actually had the experience of feeling oppressed by my son. Just like when? Where do you think that that comes from? My father. So in other words, this oppression that we've all experienced in some form, you know, some worse than others, some are more extreme than others. Some of the clients in our programs, one is a... Uh, couple of them are, are like in cults they just realized they just were they were they were raised they were born into cults and they're they watch my videos and like whoa they're they, they're seeing all of the symptoms that i talk about and they're like i have all of those i thought i had you know I have depression uh the doctors diagnosed me with depression put me on pills i have all these health problems and you're they realize I don't have these health problems are absolutely to be expected in a life where I've been abandoning and betraying myself in service of the public approval. You're supposed to be sick and depressed when you do that because your soul has left the body and in service of gaining validation elsewhere. So your body then starts, you have a dissociation 
dissociation in your nervous system from your body so your body starts because you don't have attunement to yourself you don't have connection to your impulses to your intuition it's all gone because of intergenerational trauma because of this enmeshment trauma where you've kind of violated your boundaries so that you could be safe it was an act of safety so then the divorce the financial collapse the health crisis the chronic illness the chronic pain becomes a wake-up call it's like the universe is saying wake up you've been living a life that's outside of you you've been doing it so that you can fit in you've been doing it so that you can avoid rejection you end up rejecting yourself you end up attacking yourself you end up getting autoimmune issues you end up getting fatigued you end up just constantly looking outside of you and and then creating stuff me i was doing stuff for the outside the beamer the rolex the penthouse the trophy wife like all of these externals to compensate because i thought that that's what would give me that inner kind of and then i realized you know after it's basically it all comes crashing down and we have a wake-up call so this is when people reach out so if you are experiencing any of those symptoms finding yourself repeating these patterns and what happens is when you don't have that boundary and you don't know how to define that and you don't know how to connect to who you are you're going to repeat it's called the repetition compulsion we have a we will compulsively repeat the same patterns in our relationships you are constantly having your reality valid invalidated by your mother or father well guess what's gonna what you're gonna notice and you're gonna be pulled to and you're gonna be drawn to you're gonna be uh, attracted to somebody that feels familiar familiar means like family so essentially without putting on these goggles of the nervous system and really looking we end up we're you don't we end up not having relationships we have patterns i realized that i never really knew what love was because i was seeking it outside in all the wrong places and i didn't have it for me and so then because then what will happen is we, we we start talking about this and you have all these memes and so people putting up boundaries here's how to say your boundary here's how to say it and you've been listening to the trigger proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world which is nervous system regulation becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less it means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds anytime there's reactivity there's a wound and if you're curious and inspired to learn more join us at breathwork and badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work there's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma it didn't start with you but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work see you at the next perfect time that's all fine and good this isn't a training on this isn't training on what to say. This 
this is a concept that I want you to really get into your body that this is a developmental trauma. This is why our boundaries are so horrible is the developmental trauma and to heal developmental trauma is going to t it's like you you know you've had a, a an emotional injury it's an injury it's an it's a developmental injury that we have that requires uh, us to learn how to heal it ourselves now it doesn't mean we can't get guides in fact you're not supposed to do it by yourself but it is self healer it, in other words we're looking for doctors and, and, and people outside of us to do it. What, what I really am trying to stress in this group is that it's about us giving it to ourselves or better yet, learning how. Because if you don't know how, well, I want you to look at it as a skill you can learn. And our programs are all designed to heal the root cause of why we don't have boundaries. So instead of me saying, this is what you say to somebody who, you know, wants more of your time, tell them this. That's not getting to the root cause. The root cause that I'm interested in solving is going into the younger self, the part of you that doesn't feel like it's safe to say, no, I'm not going to help you move this weekend. And you say, sure. My, you know, I have three, uh, bulge discs but yes i i definitely i want to be there to help you move because your approval of me is more important to me than my my own health and well-being right and so it becomes a very difficult conversation because people want a quick fix tell me what to say and what why don't they assess my boundaries well what what i'm going to invite you to do then is to look in and see where where things went wrong so i'm gonna i have this little I have this little quiz so that you can see where you where you are. So I want you to write this down. You got a pen. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. Here it is. So number one. We need to understand our limits. Okay, so here it is. Number one, I'm going to ask you this question, and I want you to really think about that. What are my emotional limits with others? This is a boundary is really understanding your limits. So let's take an inventory of what your boundaries look and feel like, right? On a scale of one to ten, I want you to assess yourself on these boundaries, okay? Number one, emotional boundaries, okay? On a scale of one to 10, I want you to tell me how true this is for you and then write it in the comment section, okay? So you got this pen and write that in, okay? So emotional boundaries. I'm gonna say a statement and I want you to tune into your body and tell me what your body says, okay? Number one, I am not responsible for how they feel if they're triggered or getting them regulated. I can tolerate others' experiences, and I see that I'm separate from them. Scale of 1 to 10, how true is that for you? 10 is totally, that's how I am. I would give myself about an 8 or a 9 now. Three years ago, I was probably a 4. I'm about an 8 or a 9, and the reason why I say that is because I'm a work in progress, okay? And that, that's for emotional boundaries. Sexual boundaries. Here it is. This is sexual 
boundaries. This is pleasurable, this is not, and I'm safe to express that. There are no have-tos. This is pleasurable, this is not, and I'm safe to express that. I don't feel like I have to do stuff, right? 10 is true, 1 is like 0. Go ahead and write that in, and our experience with that, our experience with that is very um, based on your childhood. This is all, and I want, as, as you're looking at these, you're listening to all of the kind of background that I gave you, I want you to really kind of give yourself an inventory under the context of this developmental trauma that you went through. Culturally, what, what, did, it, what did it cost you? You know, as a, as a teenager, you really wanted that person to like you. If you said no, they were like, piss off, I'm out of here. And you're like, okay, well, I really want them to like me, so I have to do this, right? So then you'd be a one. You know, as a teen, we don't learn these, right? <clears throat> Number three, verbal boundaries. Verbal boundaries. I can use my voice to commu... Number six, Adina, perfect, there you go. There is your issue right there, developmental trauma. You asked the question earlier. You asked the question earlier, Adina. There you have your answer. There are blurred boundaries because of your developmental trauma. It is critical if you're at a one or a two or whatever, and you can notice that you want to move up the ladder, it's not about telling people something different. It's about healing the wounds that cause us to not have those boundaries, to go into the body, to face them, to feel them. Many you can't see. That's why it helps to have a guide. It helps to have somebody who can walk you through it and help you, and then a community where you can talk about it. Right, because these are really uncomfortable conversations. You might not be able to bring this up with your family. That's why we have a family here, where all of it's safe to talk about. Right, so verbal boundaries. Here it is. I'm going to say this statement, and I want you to tell me how true this is. One to ten. I can use my voice to communicate my truth, regardless of the person's power, age, influence that I'm speaking with. Me, I'm a ten. <laughs> you can tell. I'll tell you right to your face. And now it tells, I'll say, I'll say, no, that's not cool. Please leave. And people attack me for that. But I'm, but I love my, my, my commitment to my truth is greater than my need for your approval. Right? Community, totally. Verbal boundaries, exactly. So number four, time boundaries. One to ten. One is definitely not two. Ten is true. Like, I totally relate to this. I decide how long I will stay, talk, and help because I value my time. I don't give my time, overgive my time, or withhold my time. Me, I'm about a seven with that. <laughs> especially with clients, especially with people who demand my attention a lot. Uh, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> I'm getting better at saying, no, I'm not going to respond to this. No, you're not entitled to my time. No, I won't get on a call with you. Uh, do, do you have five minutes? Can I just, can we just talk? Dr. Nima, I love your content. Can we talk? No, you can't. I'm only speaking to people. We only want to talk to people who are actually serious about 
changing themselves rather than going, he, he won't respect my boundaries. Right. Here's the thing I want to say about people who won't respect your boundaries. It's not a real boundary if you're not willing to take action on it. So if I tell you, listen, um, uh, if I tell you, look, you've been late three, three times. If you're late again, then I'm afraid that we can't, you know, you can't work for me, right? Like th this, th you're, 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 you're fired, right? If I continue to take you back and allow that, then it's not, but it's not a real boundary, okay? It's not a real boundary if I'm not willing to actually act on it. If I'm just whining to you about it, you're late again. Oh, you cheated again. For the twelfth time, you cheated on me. You promised you wouldn't. That's a boundary of mine. No, it's not. It's not a fucking boundary. <laughs> Whining about it isn't a real boundary. A true boundary is one that you're actually willing to enforce. Otherwise, it's not a real boundary. It's a pretend boundary. This is you pretending to do the work. <laughs> and everybody pretends to do the work. The people, I would say it's a five to ten percent that are like I'm ready to do the work no it's scary to do the work and you're gonna have some fucking resistance and you think that a book is gonna do it <clears throat> show even the ones who invest and sh and show up have massive resistance and we got to kind of chase them because their nervous systems go into dissociation you don't even know that you're in dissociation that's why doing this alone is unwise healing from these enmeshment traumas is unwise because you're so in it you can't see it until you come into the conversation you have a family of people going uh no that's enmeshment trauma choose yourself first right but not in a in a um not in a victimy type of way so time boundaries so number Six, number five, generosity boundaries. Tell me where you are, one to ten. I give mater materially and emotionally by listening to my internal compass and not as a way to gain love or be as a good person. <laughs> I give emotionally by listening to my internal compass, not to just be perceived as generous. The amount I'm able to give at any given time is not a reflection of my worth. Oh, how many of us are trying to be you know, uh, generous and put that on. Oh, I should do that. Oh, I should volunteer because it's something we were taught that we should do, right? Oh, I'm going to, you know, conscription is a great example. Talk about intergenerational trauma. If you live in Syria right now, you have to be in the military. Time boundary violation, space boundary violation, life violation. You must enlist in the army. That is trauma with a capital T <laughs> you must do that right and this is what's happening in the world right now this is a pandemic right here's the next one physical boundaries here it is right was that a two after this work exactly Laura you've been doing the work on physical boundaries tell me one to ten where are you if I don't want to shake their hand give a hug I don't I listen to my truth if they're family members I don't want to be around. I listen to myself regardless of their response. Physical boundaries. No, I don't want to. No. Me, I'm pretty much a 10 with that now. <laughs> I have a, I am like a firm 10. And I'm really, and here's the problem. 
Many people don't want to set boundaries because what are, what are you going to think about me? You're going to reject me. Well, you know what? People call me, like, look at this group. I just got Yolanda, the other, just messaged and just said, you're a narcissist. I get attacked all the time, right? But because of the inner work that I do, I continually am called on to choose myself and my truth over these external attacks from people who feel violated, who think it's personal, who think that I'm only talking about them. Of course, everybody's at the effect of their traumas, and then I trigger. That's what we do here. This conversation I, I'm willing to have, I'm willing to trigger you, even though it might not be comfortable for me to have everybody hate me at the same time, uh, but I'm dedicated to breaking cycles, right? One, exactly, physical boundaries, one. Adina, now you have it, developmental trauma, and until you address that, you're going to be blaming men, oh, COVID, men, oh, it's the time, sign of the times, it's everything on the outside, and not addressing the real issue of I don't have a boundary of who I am. And the last one is mental boundaries. I know my thoughts, values, and opinions. I feel grounded in them, and because of that, I'm open to listening to other people's opinions and beliefs. Huh. It's not very common right now, right? People get fucking triggered. I don't give advice because I know they're on their own journey. I don't accept I don't accept blame or accept blaming. <laughs> 1 to 10, where are you? So, essentially this is why we the answers to those questions is a a, a wake-up call, an inventory. And nobody is here to te nobody is here to create your own boundaries for you. Our healing work, healing trauma is about creating that boundary of ourselves, of who we are. And so um, your work is to heal those attachment wounds. And so next week we have our event, um, Should I Stay or Go? Uh, it's on Wednesday night. Definitely register. I'm going to put a link right there where I talk about how to heal all of this because you know when you don't you're like should i stay or should i go well what we do with our clients in our programs is we get them to fully learn how to create boundaries around who they are definition of who they are with a mission statement somatic work moving through those difficult emotions facing those developmental traumas healing with the inner child integrating the shadow over and over learning how to master it and then one day you wake up and you're like oh my god i said no to that person and normally i would have totally gaslit myself holy crap and then the whole community were like way to go Gail is becoming a human being with boundaries and nobody has to teach you what to say because you're now grounded and connected in yourself. Hopefully that was of use for you. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was. Any questions? See you at the next perfect time.